Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. Uh, this is actually, guys, uh, it's been a little while since we've been doing the show uh, over the last several years. It's actually the season premiere of season 11, all right? Season 11 seasons of the Daydon Tolbert Show. And, you know, I was just sitting back this weekend um, just kind of reflecting on, you know, why I even got into this, you know, why I even... Do, continue to do this after so long and one of the things I came up with it was interesting to actually reflect on the fact that and if you you know if you guys have been following I know a lot of you guys have since the beginning you know that you know I used to have a lot of celebrities on I used to do this show from a much different perspective than it is now and you know my goals were different and you know it's it's just really been a blessing over the years to evolve and, and to self-reflect and to um, realize that, you know, really helping people, you know, is more of a reward than helping myself. You know, I used to want to be, you know, uh, a celebrity myself. You know, I used to want to be, you know, that guy that, you know, was on TV and interviewed all the big names and, you know, all those things. And, you know, I started getting, you know, uh, uh, advice, you know, advice letters, you know, and uh, testimonials, you know, from people who, who listen, you know what I mean, actually, like, not, and and I mean, really listen, not just listen uh, for entertainment, but listen to, you know what I mean, help really change their lives, and so, um, I just want to thank you guys for, for being around, you know, through all the changes, through all the ups, the downs, the technical difficulties, and different things, and, you know, it's, it's really been a blessing to me just to, um, you know, have longevity in an industry that, um, you know, I, I really do love and enjoy, So, you know, with all that being said, I want to do this, or today, but not just today, but moving forward, I really want to, you know, continue to look around at the world and, you know, continue looking around at life and just provide um, realness, provide advice, provide, you know, counseling from a spiritual perspective, from a biblical standpoint. Um, one of the things I want to do today is, um, you know, is just talk about a lot. You know, it's been a few weeks since I was live um, with the summer break and the Olympics and everything that's been going on. And I want to, you know, talk about, you know, I, in fact, I started doing this a little bit um, the last few weeks, the last time I was live. And I, I want to break the show down into segments. You know, I want to talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. I want to talk about a little bit of politics, you know, the the election coming up. I want to talk about race relations. I want to talk about entertainment news. I want to do, you know, more Ask Data on Advice questions. And so I have a lot of that, um, a little of each, sprinkled into tonight's show with things from that have been going on over the course of the summer in the last uh, several weeks and, and months. All right, so that's that's what I want to do tonight. Uh, as always, you guys are welcome to call in with any comments, feedback, uh, whatever, 
888-646-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad. And, you know, for, for the newer listeners, you know, a lot of you guys know I've been doing this for a little while now, but I'm 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 mixing the show up. A lot of you guys may be used to listening to me at, you know, at nighttime at 9 o'clock, and, you know, you'll still continue to do that. Uh, but with just everything that I have going on personally and professionally, a lot of times, it you know, this lunch hour time slot works a little bit better from 12 to 3, 12 to 2, whatever it is, as opposed to 9 to, you know, midnight. And so um, just to recap, if you guys are listening, if I am live during the day, there won't be a live show or a rebroadcast at 9 o'clock, all right? So if if I'm not live during the day, then there will be a rebroadcast, you know, at 9 o'clock. All right, guys, so just, you know, any questions about that, you know, email me or whatever, uh, you know, info at trctoday.com, but, you know, pretty simple. Um, there's been a lot going on, guys. Um, in fact, the last time I was live, I was discussing why am I single, you know, and I took an in-depth look. Probably really one of the more important shows that I've done um, relationship-wise in recent memory because, you you know, you look around, you know, and people are getting older. You know, when I started doing this, you know, you figure 10 years, 11 years, you know, I'm 38. So, you know, a lot of people were, are, you know, are around that same age. And so you, you know, were 27, 28, 25, whatever it is, um, and now... I'm looking back and you know a lot of people are still have been following me and have been listening and you know are now the same age as me 38 going on 40 and you know and that's not a bad thing necessarily uh but at the same time you know my goal is to help shed light on you know why people find themselves in the situations that they do why what you know what are some things that may be preventing love and so that's really what that last live show was all about you know really just looking at some of the spiritual emotional mental, physical, sexual uh, issues and situations that often play a role in um, people not being able to, and specifically, I want to say people, I don't, this isn't a politically correct show, you know, specifically that show was regarding women and why women find themselves maybe, you know, successful or educated or financially well off, but not being able to, you know, find love. So I say all that to say, if you guys missed that show, def, you know, and you are, single, you are looking for love, definitely, 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 you know, listen to that show because, um, you know, I'm just thinking back. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I covered just about every major roadblock that, you know, affects, um, you know, women not, not being chosen by that man that, that God has uh, for them. So definitely check that out. The last live show prior to that was my Talking Politics show where I talked a lot about Hillary Clinton. I talked a lot about Donald Trump, the whole election, media propaganda. So definitely if you have been following this election, you're, you know, you're passionate about it, definitely check that out. And, you know, just a lot of shows, man, a lot of great shows lately. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, you know, uh, and I sat down for about two hours uh, what, a, a few months ago at this point and, um, Probably one of the realest shows you'll ever hear. You know, you got him. You know, being regarded as one of the realest. Uh, you guys know me. You know, you know what I mean. You know how real I, I keep it. And so you get two guys like that just sitting down, talking about relationships, talking about politics, talking about law enforcement. You know, and you're gonna, you're definitely going to have a lot of, uh, you know, real information. And, and no, we absolutely did not agree on everything. But there were a lot of things that uh, that we did agree on. So you know, those are just three three of the last live shows. Three of, in my opinion, one of the mo more 
um, three of the most, the, the realest shows. One, of the, I think three of my best shows, in fact. Uh, so check them out if you, you know, if you missed them. Um, so you know, so I want to start off tonight, man. You know, with, with uh, you know what's going on in the world, and you know, and these are just some some general things that are going on in the world. And I'll just kind of break them off. You know, like I said, politics, entertainment, um, race relations, things like that. But I know everyone's, you know, right now everyone's talking about the uh, the MTV mu- uh, Music Awards, uh, which were last night, and on on MTV, on BET, on VH1, you know what I mean? Probably TV one, everywhere else. And um, you know, it, it's interesting, um, you know. And you guys will, and I, I'll do a, you know, if you guys follow me, you know, I do an annual uh, post MTV Music Awards special. All right, every year, you know, I do a post annual BET Awards, uh, excuse me, MTV Awards special where I break down a lot of the uh the the symbolism, a lot of the themes, you know, much of that symbolism being demonic symbolism, satanic symbolism, um, you know, symbolism specifically designed to um, you know, follow a certain trend in race relations, or you know what I mean? It's just so much stuff that that is uh, is put into these elaborate uh, celebrations, if you will, um, known as the Oscars, known as the MTV Awards, the Grammys, you know, the Super Bowl. That you know, and I always, every single year, I do a special. And you know, if you've missed any of them, if you missed the last couple of years you can you know my MTV award special uh last year when Miley Cyrus hosted it I did a whole big thing I rebroadcasted I posted the link last night uh the year before that you know I did a a special on specifically on decoding illuminati symbolism and just that way you can kind of see the color schemes the the hand signals the you know just pretty much everything that's thrown into those shows so definitely check them out you know if you missed them and look out for uh, this year's uh, post MTV Awards special, which will probably be, you know, over the next couple of weeks, sooner rather than later. Though um, I'm actually about half, I got it on my DVR, so I'm about halfway done the, uh, you know, the uh, the broadcast. And you know, and just being halfway done or a quarter of the way done, I've already seen a lot of stuff, you know, being thrown in there that I think people will uh, will find very interesting. All right, so look out for that. What else, man? There's there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. You know, I want to encourage people to pray for and continue to pray for the uh, the flood victims. You know, there's a you know the, in in Louisiana. You know, there's a flood there. There was a flood, and people are still you know bodies are still you know there unaccounted for. Um, people are without electricity. A lot of thing, a lot of stuff is going on over there, and just continue to pray for Louisiana. You know, continue to pray for the families. Um, you know that that could actually be anywhere. You know, New Orleans one year, Louisiana, you know, Pennsylvania. I mean, who who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows? Uh, you know what could happen? You know what natural disaster could come to your city? And so you just want to keep people in prayer. You know because uh, you know it's it, it's we live in a society that unfortunately where the government is not on our side. And what I mean by R is I mean, you know, poverty, uh, middle class. You know, if you look at anywhere that's not, um, you know, a, a major player, so to speak, in how this country is really run, there it's you know we are not a priority. You know, we're not a priority until 
someone finds themselves down in the polls and needing to reach a certain demographic, you know, to, you know what I mean? And that's, that's when we become important. But aside from that, it's, you know, we're not a priority that was shown. It's being shown in Louisiana. It's been shown in places like Katrina, you know, Haiti. I mean, just, just different things. So just continue to pray for them and, and do what you can, you know, look at Detroit, excuse me, Flint, Flint, Michigan, you know what I mean? With the water crisis up there and just um, different places. I mean, look at your local hood, you know what I mean? And you can just kind of tell we, we are not a priority, whether we have a black president or whoever, we're not a priority. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I'd I like to say, you know, that needs to change. I'd like to say that's going to change, but the reality is it's not going to change, you know, and it's just a matter of at this point, understanding that as a people and govern, governing ourselves accordingly with how we operate. You know, a lot of people, um, in my opinion, you know, they, they, they spend a lot of time trying to change something. You know, I use that word in quotations, you know, trying to change something that's not meant to be changed. You know, it's kind of like trying to infiltrate the KKK and make those people, you know, suddenly and magically, you know, love black people, you know, want equality for all. I mean, no, it's, it's the KKK. That's how the that organization is structured. So to go into that and try to change that, you know, is not... It's not logical. It's it's not feasible, and and unfortunately, the United States is actually the same exact way. The government, the way it's structured, is the same exact way. It's up to us to understand. Like, all right, well, th- because this is how it is, let me try to educate as many people on how it is, and and how to make life better for me, as better as best I can, as well as those who are important to me. All right. So keep that in mind. Uh, what else is going on out here in in the world? You know, we had the Olympics this year, you know, this summer. You know, uh, shout out. To, I mean, let me just say this, this before I even go any further. I don't even have a lot to say about the Olympics. But um, it was. I will say that it was really great to see, first of all, so many, see the United States winning. You know what I mean? We won a lot. We won a lot of awards, a lot of medals, a lot of events. Um, so that was great to see. Secondly, it was great to see, um, a lot of African Americans winning medals. You know, really, you know, I, I, as a track runner myself, like I ran. A lot of people don't know. I don't talk about it a lot, but I was I was somewhat of a track star in in high school. I ran in the pen relays. I ran the 100 meters, the 200 meters, the 400 meters, the relays, the four by one, the four by two, the four by four. Um, so shout out to all my you know teammates from back then if they're tuned in. And um, so, you know, I did all that stuff, and um, it was pretty good ass. I was showing some medals, showing my medals to my daughter, and who, who thought that stuff was kind of cool. And um, so I, I really appreciated watching the track, you know, the track and field, and, you know, really all the events. But what was most important to me and what was best to see was so many white and black athletes giving honor and glory to Jesus Christ. You know, I, you know, you, it was great to see people praying prior to the events, praising God after the events, getting together, huddling up, praying, and, and just, I mean, you know, it was just really great to see because, you know, you don't see a lot of that, you know, and that's very specifically and purposely done by the networks. You don't see that because they don't want you to see that. They don't, they don't they want to blur those lines, but I guess when you have such a large stage and it's live, you, you know, there's only but so much they can do, you know, with these athletes as far as censoring that stuff. So it was really just great to see. Because, I mean, really ask yourself, really ask yourself and think back, like, wow, outside of the Olympics, when's the last time you actually heard somebody or saw somebody pray 
you know, or praise God or mention even the name Jesus Christ or say, speak about how blessed they are, you know, on, on television. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You really don't even see it, which I think is, which is, you know, it's interesting as well as unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, all the all the competitors, all the athletes. You know, it was great to see we didn't have any type of, uh, you know, any type of uh, terrorism or any type of, uh, you know, anything like that going on out there. Although, you know, the media, I will say, did a really good job of, of hiding and, and masking a lot of the crime and the other stuff that that goes on, you know, outside of, outside of the Olympic walls, the stadiums, you know, the stuff in the communities. You know, it's Brazil, I don't know if you guys know, is, you know, is one of the more, more poor countries and, and actually one of the most corrupt countries in the world, you know, as far as government's concerned. And so, uh, you know, it's just really unfortunate. And uh, But it does speak directly to, you know, why they were there and, you know, and just that whole, how this whole, you know, wheel, you know, this worldwide wheel, you know, turns because everything is connected. Everything is lines up the way they want it to. And we have a really bad habit of thinking that things that we have some type of control over how the the billionaires and the the, the world leaders, you know, decide to run things. And, you know, whether it's elections or not. I mean, the reality is, you know, they do what they want to do and they do what needs to be done to fit their agenda. You know, and so uh, that's just another example of that. But um, everyone, all, you know, speaking of the Olympics. You know, everyone's been talking about um, Ryan Lochte. You know, everyone's talking about Ryan Lochte. I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the funny thing about Ryan Lochte is this. I mean, it, this goes so much far deeper than 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 him. This whole story of him getting robbed. I mean, it's 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 so much deeper than 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 that. This is uh, this is much deeper, which I've discussed on. You know the 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 uh, post MTV awards specials in the past and the specials where I've specifically talked on talked about the 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 industry and demonic and satanic symbolism. But I'm just gonna go ahead and put something out there. We're going to see a lot more of Ryan Locke in the very near future. In fact, there's even a a rumor that he was chosen to be on uh, on Dancing with the Stars and. But yeah, he yeah, he's lost a lot of endorsements. Yeah, everybody's mad at him. But what he's going through now is the same thing that just about every major celebrity that you can think of has gone through very early on or maybe midway through their celebrity, you know, rise to you know, this, this rise to stardom. You know, and if you guys follow my I don't want to get too deep into it today, but yeah, if you guys catch my drift, we're gonna we're definitely gonna be seeing a lot more of Ryan, Ryan Lockney in the in the very near future. Um, but as far as him being robbed, you know, you know, did something happen? You know, yeah. Was there an incident? Did the incident get out of hand? Yes. Did he, um, you know, embellish? Did he flat out lie? I mean, you know, probably so. But but I mean, here's the thing about it. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I shouldn't say it amazes me because it doesn't. Because I understand how this stuff works. But the issue that I have with it is, like, it, it's not. I'll, I'll put it like I'm not gonna say it's not a big deal because it is a big deal. You know, it's it, you shouldn't lie. You know what I mean? But this is the Olympic. These are athletes. You know what I'm saying? Like these. Are, this is an athlete. This is someone. Something where no one lost their life. 
you know, no real crimes were committed. No, there was no, this was like a victimless, you know what I mean, incident. You know, but that when there are, there are, there are actual politicians, the people who have direct responsibility over your livelihood and the legislation, you know what I'm saying, your communities, like people lie, important people, presidents lie, senators lie, secretary of state. I mean, Hillary Clinton right now, I mean, like right now is currently under investigation for lying. And I mean, you, I mean, you understand, and you guys understand it. And she's running for president, and the mass media, the mainstream media, has spent more time in these few weeks covering the Ryan Lochte situation than they have this entire time that Hillary Clinton has been under investigation. I mean, you guys know that, right? I'm not just saying that. There's, listen, to what I'm saying. There's been more attention put on Ryan Lochte. In these few weeks, then the whole Clinton investigation. Think about it. Think. I mean, yeah, you hear about it, but you don't hear about it like that. They swept it under the rug. We talk about how the system is rigged and, and everything. These things are. It absolutely is. People are more mad at. Look around you. Look at your Facebook statuses. Look at the your news feed. Think about what how crazy that is. That people, your friends, your family, your people, you you're cool with. They're more passionate about Ryan Lochte lying than they are about Hillary Clinton lying. Does anyone see a problem with that? You know what I mean? Really, don't take my word for it, but really just think about that. That should not be the case. Not, not, watch this. Not only are people more passionate about Ryan Lochte lying, but, you know, and not, and not as passionate about Hillary Clinton lying, but, they're actually still going to support Hillary Clinton. That's actually the craziest thing about it to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and her lies are, are well documented. You know what I mean? It's not even a question of did she lie. Like, people saying, well, did Ryan Lockney lie? Did he not? Like, that's just like, that's not a question. It's absolutely not a question that Hillary Clinton lied, you know, and did many things that were very dishonest, if, if not criminal, and most likely criminal. You understand it? So, why? Pray tell, are people not as passionate about Hillary Clinton lying? You know what I mean? I'm not even going to throw Ryan Lockney into. I mean, forget. But like, why would you be? Why would you care about that and not care about Hillary Clinton's lies? I'll I, I'll give you the answer to that. I'll, I'll tell you why. The reason for that is because of someone called Donald Trump. That's that's that he's the the disguiser. He's the distractor. He's the distractor of every of, of the whole Hillary Clinton, because you figure if if there was if there was no Donald Trump, right? If there was no Donald Trump, then people would literally be forced to acknowledge her lies. You know, you'd have to have, you know, some type of reason to to you know to to focus on that. But 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 the problem with that is, or you know, depending on how you look at it, because for many people it's not a problem; it's actually a bailout. But for many people, you have the, this Donald Trump character who has been painted as a racist, as a bigot, as a, you know, a hot-headed guy. You know, he can't be trusted to make, you know, rational decisions. And maybe all those things are true. Maybe they're not. Who knows? But it's amazing that people can – it's like they have to either focus on one or the other. It's impossible to say, okay, well, let's look – okay, Donald Trump is, has these flaws, 
But these are the flaws of Hillary Clinton, and from what I've seen, that's not what people are doing. They're saying, well, look, I don't care about Hillary Clinton's flaws. It's just that we absolutely can't have Donald Trump in the office, so forget about Hillary Clinton you know, and everything that she's done. We just can't get Donald Trump in there, so we have to vote for Clinton. But voting for Clinton means it's like a weird thing. It's like people can't justify acknowledging her lies, her corruption, her short-circuiting, right, and still vote voting for her. They can't – There's a, a lot of people have a problem with doing that. So for many, most people, it's like I'm, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I'm not even going to think about that. You know, because I can't willing, I can't know, I can't understand what the Clinton Foundation is all about. I can't really look at the fact that you have someone who has this worldwide organization who solicits money from all, really all over the world, you know, millions and millions of dollars into this foundation, but at the same time travels the world <laughs> as Secretary of State. You know what I mean? And the funniest thing, this is this is amazing. That's amazing to me that that's even allowed to happen. But in, in like really in the last few days, last few weeks, really the last week is the first time I've ever even heard anyone from a, a media, a political pundit standpoint, really say, well, if if Hillary Clinton is elected president, then they've got to shut down the, the Clinton Foundation because it would be a, a conflict of interest. And I'm like, well... Okay, I agree. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I agree with that. That's obviously a, a, a uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, a, a clash. You know what I'm saying? You can't have that type of conflict, you know, of interest, you know, politically. But my question is, how, how then in that case, how can she be Secretary of State and do all these things? What's the difference? I mean, you're still interacting with, you're still responsible. Essentially, for the United States' you know entire foreign policy and, and relations with other countries, but you, you have this personal relationship with them on another level, and it's come on, it's it's all corruption, guys. It's all corruption, and you know Hillary Clinton's a part of it, Bill Clinton's a part of it, Barack Obama is a part of it for even electing her, you know, putting her in that position. It's you scratch my back, Oscar, you know what I'm saying? And that's what Bernie Sanders has been talking about. That's what I've been talking about. That's what Donald Trump is talking about. It's what a lot of people are talking about who who are not afraid to to step outside of what the media wants you to see and believe, and are really okay with being truthful about this thing. You know, and and that's uh, what I just would like people to try to you know try to see and and to consider, you know, especially during this uh, this political season. I, I have some other stuff I want to talk about as far as uh, well, you know, I, I, a couple of things I want to talk about politically, you know, because I don't I have a lot to talk about today, and I don't want to spend uh, too much time on politics. But a couple other things, you know, and, you know, speaking of lies, you know, I was watching the news, and you know, I'm if you, and I discussed this maybe a few months ago. You know, when I was talking about the Iran deal, remember that whole Iran thing where they said, you know, we're going to give these guys, you know, a, you know, a billion dollars, actually a few billion dollars, and, um, you know, and and we're going to lift the sanctions, you know, you know t- towards Iran. And it was like, whoa, you guys are lifting all these sanctions, and you know, which is going to result in you know them receiving billions of dollars, and you know, and, and they 
in the in over the next few months violated the the terms of that agreement and I was saying how horrible of a of a negotiating job you know we did on with that and how that was just not a smart uh, deal to make and you know and we and, and the prisoners were still not even released the hostages that that they had of ours were still not even released and, and they got all that money you know I talked so I talked about that but now now it turns out that those prisoners were released or ha- since have been released but that there was a four an additional four hundred million dollar payment, okay, paid to Iran. Now, several months, uh, well, at the time when it was done, they were saying, you know what, John Kerry got up there, Obama got up there, the White House representatives got up there, said, hey, this has absolutely nothing to do with these prisoners. This was an unrelated payment. It had it was not a ransom. You know what I'm saying, you know, and and it was obvious that it was. You understand that, and so now, recently, they, the White House has come out and has actually admitted that it was, in fact, uh, some ties. You know, that four hundred million dollars it was in some way tied to the release of these prisoners. Like, Duh, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, like you know what I'm saying. It's it's just amazing to me that this type of stuff happens, you know, and, and nobody blinks an eye. You know, like blatant lies. I've never seen anything like this. I've been following politics my whole life. I've never seen this level of just blatant lies. You know, and and, and co- coincidentally, the the, or I should say, subsequently, the the lack of care that the public has about these lies. It's, it's you know, it's amazing. You know, and it's it's more even more amazing what having an african-american president you know has done the effect of what that will has done i've never seen anything like that you know it's just so many different things that were present that we spoke up about when we when bush was in office even when bill clinton was in office reagan was in office you know but the thing those things are just being ignored blatantly ignored because we specifically because we have a black president it's it's like it's like amazing to me, you know, and and we will be so much more vocal, and the president will be held to such a more a, such higher standard, even if it's Hillary Clinton, and you know maybe if it's Donald Trump, we can only imagine how how more high of a standard he'll be held to, you know what I'm saying? But Obama just walks around, floats on on air, walks on water, and is 100% infallible to any of this stuff. It's 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 amazing. You know, and anyone who says otherwise is an Uncle Tom, is you know, isn't black or you know, whatever. It's just you know, it's crazy. Now, a couple of things, guys. You know, one one last thing I I'll say about politics is I I posted something on my Facebook page uh, recently, actually over the last few weeks, and I I asked a question of because you know when you you know everyone's talking about how important this election is, you know they're saying you know this this election is going to you know, it's going to affect so many different things. You know, it's going to affect, you know, health care. It's going to affect, you know, gay rights, gay marriages, you know, Supreme Court justices. And, and, I, and I think about all that stuff. But, you know, one of the things I focus, I'm like, wow, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, whoever wins this election will most likely pick, you know, at least, you know, one, two, maybe three different, you know, Supreme Court uh, or appoint three Supreme Court justices. Uh, over the next eight years, or you know, four years, or whatever the case is, and um, 
I was like, wow. So I posted. I said, I really thought about it. I said, why aren't more Christians concerned with and speaking out against the types of liberal Supreme Court justices that Hillary Clinton will appoint, you know, that will have a major impact on legislation like same-sex marriage, transgender rights, abortion, you know, and other, and many, I said many other issues uh, that God clearly isn't pleased with gun legislation, you know, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, we're, we're Christians. This is a Christian show. I'm a Christian. And I know many of you are Christians. And, you know, and we really have to think about this stuff. You know, we really, and I, this is really the last thing I want to say about this, you know, because I, because the election is coming. But really think about this, because, you know, what I hear is everyone saying, well, we can't have Trump in office. We can't, and I'm really asking, I'm not just imposing my opinion. I'm really asking the question of, well, what is everyone so afraid of? You know, I mean, I'm just asking the question. You know, I mean, is it from, is it, because I hear all types of, is, actually, I don't hear anything, to be honest with you. I just hear, I'm afraid. And no one can really put their finger on, you know, anything other than, oh, he's a racist. And, you know, this is that, you know, because if you look at it from a military standpoint, if you look at it from an immigration standpoint, I'm looking at it like, well, hold on, we're we're already at war. You know, and we're already, we're, we're like two seconds away from war with Russia. We're already at war with Iran. We're all, we already, everyone knows what's going on with North Korea. I mean, it's just like, well, you know, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, you know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> What else could go wrong? You know what I mean? It's already as bad. People act like it's, we're not already at war. It, they act like it could not get any worse. Or they act like it could get worse when it really can't. You know what I'm saying? I don't, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Terrorism is already, like, the worst that I've ever seen it. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen it. And I'm 38 years old. I've never seen terrorism this bad worldwide and domestically. You know what I'm saying? Not I haven't. So... You know what are what exactly are people so afraid of that that's not already happening now? Now, so that's the from a you know a, a foreign standpoint. You know, if we're, if we're looking at immigration, you know, Obama has already deported more more immigrants than any president in the history of the you know the the, the country. He's already deported a lot of people, and that's what the media doesn't tell you. I'm, I'm looking they're like, oh yeah, he wants to just deport people. I'm like, what? What what do you think has been going on over the last eight years? <laughs> you know, what do you think Obama has been deporting people? He's been doing these things. He's deported more pe- more immigrants than any other president ever. So what do you think Trump is going to get in to do? Deport more people than Obama, which would be a record. I mean, come on, it's already happening, right? I mean, we're already we got, so you know, and then so if you look at the the overall. Uh, liberal platform, the Democratic platform. You look at their their not just support, but their championing of, of same sex marriages, gay marriages. You see this transgender stuff. Obama is, is really trying to push this law through with the whole transgender in the bathrooms things. It's just like yo, abortion. Like, I mean, to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me, these are the most important things. You know, these well, these there is no more there are no more important issues, and so I know I mean just you don't obviously you don't know what Donald Trump is going to do you you never really know what any politician is going to do but I'm just looking at from a Republican versus Democratic standpoint historically I mean you know 
Republicans don't support abortion. Republicans don't support transgender. They're not champions for, for gay rights. They're, you know, these are things that Democrats do historically, you know, politically. That's just, you know, that's how it goes. So I'm just wondering, like, why, you know, what are we passionate about as Christians? If not those issues, then what? You know, and again, I'm open to, you know, to talking about that stuff, but I'm not really hearing from a lot of Christians, you know, when I when I ask these questions. You know, I mean, you're you're scared of Donald Trump. You're supporting Hillary Clinton, but what exactly is is Hillary Clinton going to do that Donald Trump is not going to do that you are so passionate about? Because I don't, I, as a Christian, I can't think really of anything to be quite honest with you. So, and again, the, as the election draws closer, just keep these things on your mind. You know what I mean? Just think about them. Because these are questions that you will not hear uh, asked in the mainstream media. You know, they're they're erecting satanic statues in major cities, downtown cities. You know, um, they're incorporating demonic, uh, you know, the atheists are getting more rights and Satanists are getting more rights and allowing their beliefs to be, in, uh, you know, put into uh, these classrooms and the school curriculums. You know, homo- there's homosexual themes being incorporated into the lesson plans of just to be politically correct in these public schools. These are all things that are being pushed on the democratic platform, guys. This stuff this again, satanic statues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, you know, and so we really have to be careful, you know, about who we support and and, I, and let me just say this one last thing. And here's the thing about me. You know, everyone it's amazing that people have no idea how uh, this process works, but I really respect Umar Johnson. You know, on this point, he's when he was on my show, and I've seen several other, you know, interviews where he talked about the political process. And you know, because I hear a lot of people talking about the fact that, you know, if you vote for a third party candidate or you don't vote at all, that's a vote for, you know, so and so. I mean, guys, what's going to happen is going to happen. You guys, you understand that? Like nothing is going to happen that's that we really have control over on a on a national level. Now, yeah, on the on the smaller scale, certain stuff can be controlled. But guys, what's going to happen is going to happen, you know. And you, I vote with my conscience. You know, I don't vote because of who I think is going to win. I don't vote because of popularity, you know, or or pressure. Like if I support someone, I support that person. You know, it's like like I'm like I told somebody else I'm a Sixers fan. You know, Sixers haven't had a winning season in in years. You know what I'm saying? But I don't I don't I'm not a I'm not all of a sudden going to turn into a Golden State Warriors fan cuz Kevin Durant is I'm not I'm not all of a sudden a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. No, I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan. I don't care if they win, I don't care if they lose. I'm a Sixers fan. And that's who I support. So is that a wasted ticket? Me going to the game when I could go to a some, you know a winning team? No, it's that's what I like. That's who I support. Win or lose. So I, and I think that people. I would like to think that people would vote that way. At least that's how. Maybe I'm just a different type of guy. I vote for who I want to vote for, whether they win, whether they lose. You know, I mean that's just you know what I'd like to think that I if I was running for office or if I needed you know you guys to support you guys would support me regardless if. I was going to win or lose. You know, I'd like to think that. You know what I mean? Not the haters and the psychos, but, you know, from people who really support me, I'd like to think you guys would support me regardless. 
So I don't know. That's just some, that's just my political spiel. You know what I'm saying? We, we you know we look up. We're we're seeing um, we're seeing a lot of you know, these terms popping up, right? We're seeing these terms popping up. You know, homophobic. You know, I mean, we've been hearing that, but now I'm I'm hearing a lot more of transphobic. I'm like, what what the heck? Transphobic, homophobic. I'm like, what, what what does this stuff even mean? You know, what do, what does this mean? You know, and I mentioned this before, but a phobia is a fear of something. So if a if you know what I'm saying, if we as Christians are not to be fearful, we're supposed to have faith, which means we're not supposed to be fearful, you know, of anything or anyone or you know, so not supporting something, making a conscious decision not to support someone or, you know, or, or something because of your spiritual beliefs or political beliefs or, you know, but specifically spiritual beliefs, that doesn't make you afraid of it, you know? And so I, you know, we, I just would encourage everyone to not allow themselves to be pressured politically, socially, you know, social media, you know, uh, into supporting something that deep down you know is not of God and is not right. You know, I posted a, a, a meme on Facebook about um, astrology. You know, I mean, people are out here. You know, I said basically something basic to the effect of it doesn't matter what your 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 sign is. And it's amazing how many Christians and, and believers I see. You know, oh yeah, I'm I'm a Sagittarius, I'm a Gemini, and so and because of that, I'm like. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? It doesn't, you know. I'm like, you know, that doesn't mean anything, right? I'm like, yeah, you know, we we're good together because she's a Leo and I'm a I'm a Aries. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, didn't you, didn't you just come out of church? Like, what does that see? A lot of people they don't really know and understand what the Bible and what God says about specifically about astrology uh, and about things of of uh, you know of of mat you know a magical type of thing. Um, you know a uh the sp- you know spirits uh demons um you know a lot of that stuff is a lot of it is accurate you know psychics mediums um that type of stuff it it may be able to tell you something that has some validity validity in your life but that's don't confuse those types of spirits with god's power you understand that it's 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 different not this it's not of God, it's not a spirit of God. And just like they're angels, they're demons. Just like there's good spirits, they're bad spirits. You know, and so you don't like you know, just like sometimes people in the church can prophesy over you. You're like, whoa, and it could be on point. You're like, well, how did they know that? That same type of power. You know, you go to a psychic, they oh yeah, you you're this and that. Yeah, it's yeah, they may be both correct, but it's two different spirits. You see what I'm saying? One is not of God, and so you don't want you want you want to be very careful about who and what you you know allow into your life. So just just think about all this stuff. What else is going on in the world, man? It's crazy. Gabby Douglas, you know, there's people are still hating on her hair. A little bit later in the show, I want to talk about natural hair. You know, in fact, what the heck? I'll talk about it right now. You know what I mean? No time like the present. You know. Gabby, you know, and this is this happened four years ago, you know, when she was last at the Olympics, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, did her hair look a little rough? I mean, you know, did it, you know, I mean, whatever, who cares? She's she's doing, she's tumbling around on a mat, you know what I mean? Like, I don't expect her hair to look, 
you know, done like she just came out of a salon. I mean, take that weave out. Let's see what your edges look like. I mean, no disrespect, but I mean, come on, let's keep it real. You know what I'm saying? She's 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 working. She's she's doing what she does. You know, and I mean, I th- and it's just really crazy how people target individuals that this bullying, you know, and social media. And I just look at people. I'm like, yo, what makes you special? You know, I think Gabby Douglas is a very pretty young woman, very successful young woman. She's never, I've never seen anything of her, you know, prancing around half naked, doing anything crazy, which is a lot more than I can say for many of those same people who had comments about her physical appearance. You know, I'll tell you guys this. You know, I posted a, uh, a, a natural hair challenge, and I was really glad to see. It was over in the Friends of the Day Don Tolbert Show group. Add yourselves. If you uh, you know if you haven't already, and um, it was a lot of people, a lot of women, and a lot of beautiful women on there, man. I made a joke. I said some of the, the single guys are just staring at that thread, like, oh my gosh, looking for a wife. And I think a lot of people don't, a lot of women don't understand. They they get caught up in the hype. They get caught up in the, in the situations like, you know, the Gabby Douglas situation and other situations like it, where they they allow themselves to believe. That you have to be, you know, uh, weaved up, have on a long Brazilian weave, you know, wig or, you know, something like that to be classified as beautiful, which is, you know, which is really ridiculous. You know, it's really ridiculous because, you know, that thread in particular, there were so many beautiful women on there, my wife included. I mean, you know, there's not, and I'll just tell you guys, there's nothing more beautiful than a black woman coming straight from the hairstyle or straight from doing her own hair or whatever, but just that hair done, looking beautiful. I'm talking about no weave, no wig, you know, just nice and shiny and oily or whatever y'all do to it, make it get smelling all beautiful. There's nothing like that. There's nothing more beautiful than that. And I and I, it's really, like I said, every hairstyle, and this is very important to understand, every hairstyle, is not for every woman, right? But you you do need to understand that there is a hairstyle that can work for you, right? I mean, there is something that can work, and if it's just a matter of identifying what that is, you know. And because but don't don't ever allow the media to tell you, oh yeah, you gotta be this or you gotta be that, you gotta be fake, you gotta be, you know. I was watching ESPN. They got the black chick on. I forget her name. She she's black. She got the the micros in there, which is not to say there's anything necessarily uh, bad about micros, but she's got fake fake eyes. And I'm I'm like, what what the heck is what is this? Why does she have the fake eyes in her hair? I mean, it's in her in her in her head. You know, I'm trying to do two things in one. Time. I'm trying to send an email and talk to the other. My fault. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, like, you don't need all that, ladies. You you don't need all of that fakeness, the wig, the weave, the eyes, the eyelashes, you know, and I'll tell you guys this, you know, was there a noticeable uh, difference with Alicia Keys, you, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, with her, with her, uh, her natural look, yeah, absolutely, you know, her, her no makeup look, her natural, but guess what, she's absolutely beautiful, you, you understand that, guys? You know, and I've even I've even seen women uh, hating hating on her. Oh yeah, she need to she need to put that that makeup back on. I'm like, look, I'm like, look at you though. Like 
no disrespect, but I'm like, you don't look even a quarter of of you know, you don't have a, a at least a fraction of Alicia Keys's beauty. You know, and so it's it's just one of those things that um, you know, people have to become more secure with themselves because the only only reason that there is ever to hate on someone else or put down someone else is when you're not you're not secure with your own beauty, secure with your own place in life. You know, and that's when you try to tear other people down. So, you know, definitely don't do that. What else is going on out here, man? You know, uh, I want to say shout out to uh, Nate Parker. You know, um, you know, shout out to him. He has the new movie coming out, uh, Birth of a Nation, which is, I believe, is already out in certain places. And a lot of people don't know that he he basically produced that. I believe he directed it, you know, himself. And um, it's one of those movies where you don't see that a lot. Like, he did that himself. Then he actually received, I think, like $19 million from a, a major distributor to put this film out. You know, and that was, I believe, at the time, and even maybe currently, because it only happened a few months ago, that was the highest amount that any independent director has ever, or producer, has ever been paid to have their film distributed uh, nationally, internationally. It's like $19 million, and, and, and it was like, it, it was a record, you know, and, and it just goes to show you, you know, when you do things, now I, I found this out in corporate America myself. You know what I mean? When you are a black man, you know, breaking records, um, achieving goals, doing things that white people are not even doing on that on a certain level, you will be targeted. Because that's how I've always been, you know, just in, in sales. I've, I've, even when I was in corporate America, I had a, I excelled in sales, whether it was banking or telemarketing or whatever kind of sales it was. I always broke, met and exceeded goals. And broke records, and you know, you know, as soon as you, any, any black man will tell you, I don't know, I can't really identify with the black female experience, but I, you know, I know tons of men who've been targeted and fired, and you know, disciplined, and you know, just crazy stuff, you know, just just because you you're you made certain people uncomfortable, not certain people, white people uncomfortable, and this is what's happening with Nate Parker, you know, they're bringing, I mean, this is a guy who was accused of rape. Um, you know the the chart. I think he was acquitted. <clears throat> you know, went through the legal process, was found not guilty. Charges were dropped. Whatever the I don't know the specifics of it, but you know, not guilty. Charges dropped. Whatever. Going on about his life, and and now only because he's doing some positive things. People are bringing this up, and you know their organization saying they're not going to show they're not going to show the film because of these rape allegations. I'm like, what? This is what 20 years ago or whatever it was. Come on, you know. So I say all that to say, you know, we can be we as the black community. Let's keep it real. We're, we're, we we don't support. We do not support positive things. We didn't support red tails. We didn't support Malcolm X. We really didn't even support Ray. We didn't support Ali. You know, I mean, I can go on and on. Do I need to go on? I mean, there's so many films that do not do well financially at the box office. And then all we do as a community is sit back and complain and complain and complain that we don't have more films. Everyone, watch this. Everyone complained about Zoe Saldana 
and her and her casting of Nina Simone, but but how many people actually saw the freaking movie? I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's the type of stuff I'm talking about. And even then, before it came out, when people were debating about it, well, she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be, she shouldn't be cast as, as Nina Simone. I'm like, why not? It's a it's a movie. Did you produce it? I'm like, well, you know, I don't agree with that. All right, well, at least see the film to see what kind of makeup they, you know, see what kind of job she does. And then even now, I'm like, yeah. So I know we debated about that a few months ago. Like, what did you? What, I know we talked about it a lot. You were kind of passionate about. What did you think about it? Like, did you, what kind of job did you think? I ain't watch it. You didn't watch it. Well, then what the heck were you talking about it for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we we are very we're infamous for that. You know, just talking and talking and talking, but not supporting. You know, we'll go see Barbershop. You know, we'll go see Straight Outta Compton. We'll go see, you know, uh, any Kevin Hart movie that comes out, you know, Ride Along, you know, whatever. But we do not support movies like Birth of a Nation. That's why they only come along once in a blue moon. You know, and that's not, it's 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 the epitome of hypocrisy. It's not okay. I, I, I predicted, just like you guys heard me on, on you know, when uh, Red Cells was coming out, I 100% predicted, live on air, I said, this film will not be successful. There will not be a sequel. George Lucas specifically said it, it needs to be a trilogy. He wanted to make it a trilogy, but he could only make it a trilogy if it was financially feasible to do so. They asked him how much it needed to make for it to be, in his opinion, from his perspective, considered successful financially, he said, "Look, if y'all, if it makes ni- uh, twenty million opening weekend, then I, you know, I'll do a sequel." Have Have you guys seen a sequel? I haven't heard of Red Tails two coming out. Why? Oh, I'll tell you, because it didn't make twenty million opening weekend. Oh, but how much did Ride Along make opening weekend? Oh, forty mil. How much does Tyler Perry historically make opening weekend? Forty five to fifty million. You know, Red Tails, I think it made $13, $14 million opening weekend, something like that. That's not considered good. You see that? You know what I mean? A film about us, about our history. You know, I mean, really, Ray didn't even really do that well. I know Ali only made $11 million opening weekend. How do you talk about someone's the greatest boxer of all time, one of our icons, our heroes, and it only makes $11 million? How does Medea make more than Ali does? But yet we want to talk about how much Black Lives Matter and, and you know and all this other stuff, but we don't even support. And just like we're not going to support, you guys know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm gonna go see it. How many of y'all even saw his first, his last movie, Blood Done Sign My Name? I saw it. That was a great movie by, by Nate Parker. Check it. You gotta look for it, but you know what I'm saying. God forbid something not be shoved down our faces and our throats. You know, you sometimes you may have to look for certain things. Sometimes you may have to go opening weekend because it may not be in theaters the second week. But you got to do what you got to do to support. You know, so and that's that's you know just something I like everybody to consider. What else is going on? You know, and like I said, don't forget these stupid rape allegations. You know what I'm saying? Shoot, I I anybody could be accused of rape. His women say, oh, he did this. To, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like the fellas know, man. That's a that's a whole nother conversation. We had, Gerald Howard and I uh back in the day did a classic show uh entitled When No Means Yes. He actually has a book entitled that and we did a show specifically on 
you know, uh, well, this was a different show, actually. We did that show with No Means Yes, where we talked a lot about that. But then I remember another show that I did on uh, uh, sex games. You guys remember that? Sex games. Uh, games being played in and out of the bedroom. They like people, people Googling, oh, let me, let me go listen to that one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, but, you know, it, it, that stuff happens. You know, what else is going on around in the world? A lot of things going on. Oh, yeah, I was watching uh I posted about this online. It was interesting. Um, you guys remember Family Matters? You know, Reginald Vell Johnson played the father on there. Now, you know, I, I mentioned this before, you know, you know, a while ago when we were just talking about different positive father figures over the course of TV history. You know, I feel like he was one of the better black images. You know, you had Bill Cosby. You had him, you know, Robert Townsend, you know, and – uh now, I, I, evidently, he's gay. You know what I'm saying? But I was watching Ray Donovan over the last couple of weeks, which I watched. Good show. And, you know, he was on there and, you know, just dressed up as a woman. And I posted a side-by-side, you know, a picture of, of, of him then as Carl Winslow, the father, strong black man. And now, you know, fast forward 20 years later, you know, this image of him, as this, you know, this fruitcake, you know, dressed up as a woman, gay, you know, and, you know, people say, well, that's just a different role. I mean, it's it's more than that. You know, it's it's definitely more than that, guys. It's, there is an agenda at hand. You look at every, the, 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 the uh, destruction of, you know, uh, of Bill Cosby and, and that image, you know, that by the media, just no, I mean, he's going to be probably found not guilty. These charges are just going to go away or he's going to die. You know what I mean? Before he has an opportunity to, uh, you know, clear his name, which is really unfortunate. But either way, his image, that image of, of Cliff Huxtable is gone. Um, and, you know, and then you look around, you know, Carl Winslow is gone. And they're really unfortunate. Not, uh, you know, James Evans, you know, they killed him off the show. There's really not, and there hasn't been really any replacement for pure, unadulterated you know, strong black men on on TV. You know, without pushing any type of any type of agenda. You know, which is really unfortunate because that it leaves us forced. You know, to you have, you know, you got a corrupt a corrupt preacher on uh, on Greenleaf. You got your loving hip hop guys. You got your buffoons. You know, like Anthony Anderson. You know, and it's not really. This it's not the same type of images that we once had growing up, just strong black men, you know, and and hence you know the reason why we see so many, you know, young men dressing up as women and the transgender. I mean, it's all an agenda, guys. It's all an agenda, and we're you know it's just playing out right before our eyes. The the destruction of the black family, you know, and so it, it's going to take people like us to keep those images alive and to create new images, even if that means, you know, an independent film or, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But something's got to happen because this is, this is getting crazy, you know. I mean, ironically, the first black president, you know what I'm saying, is, is more passionate about trans, gay and transgender rights than he is actually preserving images of strong black black fathers. That's what's crazy to me. 
You know what I'm saying? But well, you know, it's not crazy really if you th- if you understand what the office of the president represents. You know what I'm saying? It's funny, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson. He said something. Uh, I saw him uh, an interview. He was talking about this. And he said uh, something I actually agree with 100%. He said that you don't pay for or you don't vote for, um, you know, presidents. He said you vote for policy. You know, policy. You know, he said you're, what you're actually electing is personality. You know, it's a matter of who, what kind of personality you you want in place to push the policy that's already been laid out. You know, Hillary Clinton is pushing the same policy, you know, or will push the same policy as Barack Obama did. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so on and so on. You know, the agenda doesn't change just because the president's changed. You know, they got this thing mapped out years and years and years and years in advance. It's just a matter of who's going to, you know, push that agenda and, and and in which way and who's going to be most successful and influential at pushing that agenda. That's how that decision is made. Who's going to be president? You know, what else is going on, man? Let's, you know, just kind of transitioning to uh, race relations. You, you know, there's this, you know, this is still a hot topic. You know, a hotter topic than I've ever seen in uh, in America growing up. I mean, it's, you know, you got everything. Everything's a race issue. You, know, you got Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. You know, I didn't even encourage everyone to listen to my three-part special. You know, I did the special on Black Lives Matter, specifically looking at the black community and, you know, in, in the many different ways that I feel black lives should matter but don't. I spent a lot of time talking about violence and just a lot of different things. But listen to that show. I did a show on Alton Sterling and and, and uh Philando Castile. You know, I I did it, you know, shows on on that stuff. I did a show specifically on the the contrast between Black Lives Matter and the All Lives Matter movement. Just my expressing my thoughts on that. And so I'd say listen to the, listen to the three-part special. You know, because um you know, I feel like it's important to hear different perspectives. You know, if you turn on your TV, you turn on your radio, you log into Facebook. I mean, you literally see one perspective. You know, that's it. You know, what else is going on? You see uh, everyone. I saw the, the situation with Corinne Gaines. You know, everyone's talking about that. Everyone's talking about how she was, you know, she was murdered. She was gunned down. You know, with her with her child in her hand, and you know, guys, we, we really got to stop the foolishness. Because I've I've seen a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things on social media. I've seen a lot of things on YouTube. I've seen some things on the news. I've seen some things in person. And I'm not sure I've ever seen anything more disturbing. It was so disturbing. I really, I, I almost, I I thought that it might have been fake. You know, I thought that it might have been just made up. You know, I saw the 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 first incident, and I posted it on my page. The first incident with uh, her with her kids in the car, and she gets pulled over. She had no registration for her car, and the police officers were like, "All right, well, you know, we got to tow the car." And she's going back and forth with them, and she's just saying, "What? You know, you don't. I don't give you authority over me, and this and that." I'm just like, "Yo, are you crazy?" And then, and then it, you know, as it, and I saw it escalate. I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. I thought she was going to get shot then and there. 
I'm surprised that she will. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm really shocked that she survived that. I'm surprised that that wasn't like a, a bloodbath, just based on her how aggressive she was and agitated she was. You know, but the most one of the most disturbing things that I've ever seen, and just more disturbing because I'm a father. You know, I, she was in her kids were in the back seat, and the cops were cool. They were just like, "Look, ma'am, calm down. You know, we gotta, we're gonna tow the car. You can get it. All you have to do is show valid registration and insurance. You can get the car back. We can, you know, you, you live not too far, so it's not, you know, a big deal. Don't make this worse than it is. We're not arresting you. We're just taking the car, which is, you know, which is public policy. That's the law. You know, and she was like, "You're not taking my car." And she turns around. She turns around and tells the kid, the children, you know, you to fight. <laughs> she lit like it's amazing because I remember when I was young, my parents told me the opposite. They told me, "Don't fight. Never fight the cops." You know what I mean? You don't fight cops. That's not a battle. That's not a fight that you're ever going to win. You know, and yet now there are different ways to protest. There are different ways to, you know, if you need to find yourself in a situation where you need to file a lawsuit or, you know, file charges against or a complaint against a certain police officer, you get the license plate, the badge number, the police, you know, the number on the vehicle, you know, whatever you have to get to take the appropriate course of action. But you never fight them. You never resist police in a physical manner. I mean, that's something that was taught to me as a child. You know what I'm saying? But to hear a woman, a mother, telling her children to physically engage police officers, not, not forget her. She's saying, yeah, I'm going to fight. She's like, they're going to have to kill me. You, why would you even want your kids to see, you know, see you killed, see their mother killed by police? Why would you, you want to die? Like, why would you even want to not be there for your kids? Forget whether or not they see you die, but why would you want to die? You know what I'm saying? Which would mean your kids would have no, no one. That's that's horrible. That is the most horrible thing that I think I've ever seen a parent do. You understand? And, and so, as as amazed at seeing that as I was, I look around on social media and, you know, and so that situation ended, and then it turns out she was she engaged the police again at a, at her home, and she was shot and killed with her child in her hand, with a, in one hand and a shotgun in another another. And all people were talking about was was the police and how irresponsible the police are. I'm like, what what is wrong with people? And like, what what is wrong with people? You're using your child as a shield. You're engaging the police. With, with guns, they're coming to serve a warrant for your arrest, and you want to have a, a shootout. Your your child was actually shot, shot by the police. Like wh- who? Like who does that? And then people, you and the funny thing is, this is like amazing. People are like, "Oh yeah, no," nah, and she was mentally ill, so the police they should have known that she was mentally ill, and they could have they could have handled it a different way because she was mentally. Ill. I'm like, well, if someone is mentally ill in that capacity, why the heck do they even have custody of their kids? Why are you going to put a child, if the, if that's the case, why are you putting your children in an environment where they have an opportunity to be put in danger 
because their mother is, is mentally ill. I, I just, you know, that's just really crazy to me. You know, really crazy to me. Um, you know, and so, and, you know, and, and it, but it just goes to show you just the narrative that's been pushed so hard by the media. It's like any police shooting, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Because I've never seen, I've seen, I mean, I've never seen, not lately, any type of like, oh, okay, yeah, wow, that person was wrong, and wow, the police did what they had to do, or no, nah, it's just, it doesn't, people don't even factor in the circumstances. You know, people don't even, under a lot of people, many people don't even understand the police pr- protocol and procedure, you know, leading up to shootings. You know, they don't understand what kind of environment needs to be created to 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 have a, a police shooting be justified, and and according to the media, there's no such thing as a a justifiable police shooting. Not at this point, you know. What I mean, based on everything that's been going on, which is we have to get away from that. In fact, I would encourage us to 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 say, you know, and to push the message of, let's stop putting ourselves in situations like that. Now, uh, that's not to say that's not an excuse for the police. It's not absolving, you know, police brutality or instances, you know, police who are, you know, using race as a motive for pursuing certain individuals. I'm not even talking about that right now. I'm saying let's stop being criminals. That's not to say everyone's a criminal, but I'm saying let's stop being criminals because a lot of these police shootings are you know with with criminals like actual criminals you know that which is again not to say that the crime justifies being shot that's but again i'm just saying let's stop putting ourselves in situations where we're even where that's even an issue like with me i try not to even put myself in in situations to have to even deal with the cops let alone have a cop pull out their gun on me now Ironically, I actually had a gun pulled out on me by a police officer, you know, which I told you guys about about a month ago, which and I wasn't even doing anything. So, and he was, at, and this was a black cop, and he was absolutely overstepping his boundaries and pulled it out for no reason. So again, I know that those types of incidents happen, but I'm just saying, let's stop putting ourselves as best we can, you know, in situations where where those types of you know, that type of force is even an option. You know, don't even give them a reason. That's what my mom used to tell me. Don't even give them a reason. You know, Corinne Gaines absolutely, you know, gave them a reason. You know, and unfortunately, I mean, if we're being honest, Mike Brown absolutely, you know, gave that police officer a reason. You know, listen listen to some of these shows. I've done shows on all of them. Sandra Bland, Tamir Rice. Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, I've discussed all of these shows from a legal perspective outside of what you're going to hear on the media, you know, and you'll see, you know, you'll hear like a totally different perspective, you know, you know, it's, uh, speaking of which, you know, uh, was it, George Zimmerman was punched uh, recently in a bar, evidently he was bragging about shooting Trayvon Martin, I mean, like I told you guys, Trayvon, I mean, uh, George Zimmerman, he's just a bastard. You know, you know, but the problem is we have to, as individuals, um, you know, avoid those types of people. 
we have to do what we need to do to steer clear of those types of individuals. And if and if and, if and when we do encounter those types of individuals, we have to be trained by those who love us, you know, at how to engage those individuals, how to how to uh, navigate those situations in a manner that leaves us alive. You know, and unfortunately, that's not what's you know what's been happening. So. What else is going now? Now here's the thing. So let's talk about what actually has been happening. You know, and this is crazy, man. Like this is crazy stuff. I was watching. I think I popped it popped up on my news feed. I see the freaking Atlanta shooting. Now everybody at this point knows about the Atlanta shooting. You don't even have to say anything else. It's shootings down in Atlanta all the time. But all you got to do is say the Atlanta shooting. You hear that? You, you know, you uh, hear people talking about the gas station situation. You see on video on camera. You know, a guy, one guy has a gun, looks like they have words. I don't know if he was trying to rob them or they just had, had words with each other. And, uh, and, and you know, when one guy pulls out the gun or goes into his car and pulls out a freaking machine gun, a chopper, as they're called in the hood. You know what I'm saying? He And he couldn't he shoot. They're shooting at each other at a, in a freaking gas station. The girl, one of the girlfriends was in the car and got shot. Like who? Like what is wrong with people? Like this is the issue that I like. You when people see stuff like that, like that's not even national news. Like you guys, like imagine if that would have been a cop or even a white gun enthusiast. You know, a white man and a. I mean, just a man. We we would still be talking about that right now. If that was the white, if if either one of those guys was white, we'd still be talking about that situation. CNN would still be talking about this situation. But because it's two black men, and people don't understand that that's common. People don't even understand it. Just, see, I was thinking about it. I was really thinking about it over the last few weeks that we weren't live. I was thinking about it. And it's, it's unfortunate because there are very few, I'm not going to say it like this, but the people who you hear from, the people who you see, on social media are usually like my friends list consists of a lot of professionals. You got teachers, you got lawyers, you got doctors, you got, you know, nurses, you got, you know, a, a lot of different educated people. A lot of these people I went to college with and, and their friends and their friends and you know, you guys listening in right now, you're probably either at work or you came home and you're listening to the archives or whatever in your nice house you know, on your nice internet connection, on your nice smartphone, whatever, iTunes, however you're listening, you know, but the reality is, and so a lot of the people that we all see on social media have done well for themselves. Let's, I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many hood rats do you have on your, on your friends list? Yeah, I mean, come on, keep it right. mostly professional. Your friends, your family, they're, they're most likely you're not in the hood or active participants in hood activity. Let's keep it real. You know, a lot of the people that we see on a daily basis through social media are commenting not from a perspective of of living an active hood mentality and lifestyle. So the people talking about this whole Black Lives Matter thing, most of them, a lot of them, are speaking from a, a a perspective of detachment. You know, they're not in the hood every day. They don't live in the hood. A lot. Of, I was talking to one guy. He's like, yeah, you know, wow. 
I, I, you know, I live out in the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? Another guy, he lives in not necessarily in the suburbs, but in a in, not in the hood, certainly. And so a lot, and think about it. A lot of the people who you talk about this stuff or you hear discussing it, they don't see the Atlanta gas station thing every day. When they go home at night, they don't hear gunshots before they go to bed. So when you try, when you, but what they do see, they turn on the news. They hear about, they see the media's agenda inciting this race war. And so it's like, wow, white cops, white cops, white cops. So when you say black-on-black crime, they're they're looking at you like, what? We're not talking about black-on-black crime isn't the issue. I'm like, what? It is the issue. It's the most important issue because I see it every day. You see, you, you guys understand what I'm saying? A lot of people, if you don't see that every day, if that's not your reality, of course you're going to think that, you know, the the way the media, let the media tell it, white cops killing blacks is, is our biggest problem. And I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Black people riding around with freaking machine guns in their cars is the biggest problem. Little girls getting shot in the head. An eight-year-old just died here locally, you know, from, from cr- being shot, you know, in the crossfire, you know, in a shootout in the hood. A young man, same age as me, with, got shot in the head driving to pick up his daughter. Cool. The same, the same, watch this, the same way I pick up my daughter, not too far from where I pick up my daughter, a guy was randomly driving down the street and a bullet hit him in the head, killing him in front of his daughter. Literally could have been me. Just like it was him, it could have been me. Just like that. Like I like I know the intersection. I drive by the intersection where he was randomly shot in the head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And people li- and people have the audacity to think and to and to say that white cops is our biggest issue, which is not to say it's not an issue. But anyone who who thinks that you know that the fact that there have been there were thirteen shootings just in New York over the weekend, you know, just just in New York. I mean, you know, Chicago. I mean, there there's been hundreds and hundreds and thousands of of, of deaths as a result of black on black crime. Only a small a fraction of those deaths have been police officer shootings. You guys know that, right? You know, and so I'm just again, that's not to say it's not a problem. It's not to say that we cannot continue to discuss, you know, police relations and and uh, community relations, but I mean, come on. We have to stop the violence. You know, I mean, you got people riding around having shootouts. The crazy thing is when I was when I was clubbing, I never forget it. It didn't happen, but it could have happened. I mean, so many I've seen so much. I've been I've been in shootouts, not myself shooting, but like in an environment where gunshots were being fired and I had to take cover. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, that's happened. I've seen that. I've been involved in that. You know, been in the club, and they say, whoa, whoa, uh, security guards guarding the exit, saying, don't don't play to let out. Don't even go outside. Oh, you got to chill. Don't go, don't leave yet. They're shooting outside right now. You know, like, I've been in the club. Like, I've been in a, in a, a hole-in-the-wall spot, a, a bar in the worst part of West Philly. You know, at, five, at six in the morning, five in the morning, six in the morning. You know, one in, one way in, one way out. Fight breaks out. Like, oh, sh- he's got a gun. Yo, get down. Oh, snap, get down. Praying that I don't hear shoot. You know, shoot. I remember. I never forget that. 
You know, that, like that's the, like I've been in those situations. You know, I see that stuff every single day. You know, and so, so it's amazing when people detach from that, you know, or never have seen that at all, try to tell me a white cop is my biggest threat. I'm like, come on, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously. We are we are our, our own worst enemy. We are our biggest threat. Black men are black men and black the black community's biggest threat. I mean, you guys know that, right? That's not like I'm not just saying that. That's an actual fact. And anyone who says otherwise is either detached or has never experienced reality, you know, in the inner city. And we have to start dealing with as a community the real problem. You know, uh, uh, the other day, a 65-year-old woman was shot and killed. You know, home invasion. <laughs> you can't even sit with, on your porch. You can't even sit with your screen door open. You know what I mean? People running up in your crib, you know, beating you up, tying you up, pistol whipping you. You know, like that's that's actually reality. And then now, and now people want to people call Ellen DeGeneres the racist. People went, "Oh my God, you're a racist because you make a you make a you, you're a comedian who made a joke about riding the back of, you know, uh, Usain Bolt." Like, come on! And they, they're like, "Oh my God, like that's a, this has got to stop." These rate the Donald Trump is a racist. He's the worst thing that could possibly happen. I'm like, what? Come come to North Philadelphia, and you tell me if Donald Trump is the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, it's a man. I don't care about no Donald Trump. I'm worried about the nigga standing on the corner plotting to rob me. You know, I'm I'm worried about the guy. I, I go to the gas station to gas up my truck. Like, yo, you, well, my man, you got a quarter? Like, nah, I ain't got a quarter. Yo, you know what time it is? Nope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't know what time it is. I ain't got no change. These, these niggas out here trying to rob you, and people talking about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, at least he ain't robbing nobody. He ain't sticking no. He ain't got a, a chopper in the, in the trunk. You know, black musicians making music got the chopper in the trunk. Like, what the heck? They're glorifying this stuff. These are the songs that are being re- requested on the re- on the black stations. You know, and the cycle is just is perpetuating itself. But people want to talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> Yo, I, like I said, man, maybe I'm just a different type of dude. I look at things differently, but we got to start looking at the real problems in in America. You know, what else is going on? Let's talk about some. Uh, some entertainment news, you know, politics and race relations. These can be, you know, these can be heavy topics. You know, I am Kate was canceled. You know, I am Kate, Bruce Jenner. Does anyone care that Bruce Jenner's show was canceled on uh, on VH1? I personally do not care. I actually, I'm not even gonna say I'm happy because I don't. I, I would have to care to be happy, but because you know, I don't care. Um, did I watch it? No. Uh, did I have any intention on ever watching it? No. Um, so, you know, what I'm more concerned about is the fact that, you know, the agenda as the effect that the fact that he even had a show has had on the direction that this country is going. Because he only had a show because of the the way that the agenda was being pushed. You know, when he came out, there was this huge push. You know, and so that's why he got the show. So the, whether or not the show was canceled or not, the effect, you know, that started a movement, and we're only, you know, which has been substantiated by Barack Obama, 
you know, pushed by Obama, pushed by this whole government. You know, so we're only going to now see it get worse. It's amazing. People, they talk about this. They're like, oh, my God, I don't like that. But they don't, you know, they don't link it to the people who are, you know, who are actively pushing this stuff. You know, so, yeah, man, it, it's crazy. So, I mean, so I Am Kate was uh, was canceled. Um, what else is going on, man? They're talking about reviving the, the Freaknik the Freaknik picnic in Atlanta, from what I hear, that was that was canceled though. And I mean, here's the thing: people were people. I don't understand people. I mean, I do, and it's just that people don't make sense. People were protesting. Oh my gosh, we shouldn't bring back the Freaknik. Yo, the entire black community is one big Freaknik. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if there's a, a Freaknik. You know, people are still out here. Dressing like hoes, men are preying upon these hoes. They are having sex with these 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 women. You know they are having unprotected sex. They are having babies. You know and uh, you know it's 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 destroying the black family, the black community. You know and and you know people are okay with this stuff. I mean we support the 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 ratchet shows, but people don't want to support a ratchet party. They watch the reality TV, but they don't want to support the reality. What's the, I mean? What's the big deal? You know what I'm saying? It's all the same. You know, it just just be. You know, it it doesn't matter if you. It's not the party. You know, it's like people. I don't like this candidate, but I support the government. Well, what the heck do you? You know, the government is the real issue. It's not the the candidate running to be a part of that government. You know. It's not you don't become you're not a politician and then get in government to change the government. You're elected, you're put in that position because you're down with the agenda. And if you're not down with the agenda and you really try to change the system, you you get a bullet in your head just like John John F. Kennedy, you know, or Abraham Lincoln, or whoever or anyone else who tries to change the system. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Robert Kennedy. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. But if you don't get a bullet in your head, I don't, you know, Obama hasn't got a bullet in his head, so guess what that means? All that change stuff, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't changing of anything, you know, because it's not meant to be changed. So that's how that goes. What else is going on? Yeah, it was interesting, man. You know, speaking of uh, conforming and going along with the agenda, you know, I was, I, I was my wife and I, we watched that show uh, Music Moguls. With Dame Dash, Jermaine Dupree, um, Birdman, and uh, Snoop, and so we were watching it, and I taped it. I taped it, and I put the, uh, you know, I, I taped a little clip of Birdman speaking, and he was speaking to his, you know, his artists and some of his, his workers. He was like, "Look, man, you know, to be successful, like on 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 the level that I've been successful." You know, you you have to sell your soul. He was like, I sold my soul to this. You know what I mean? I gave my life. You know, I gave my soul. <laughs> you know, and it's like weird. You know, it's like some of y'all. You know, you you haven't sold your souls. You know, like you go to work, you you work hard. You know, you love your family. You you know, you have fun with your friends. You maybe go out, whatever like that. You do a good job. You maybe work overtime a little bit, come in early sometimes, but. You know, you pretty much just do what you got to do. You live a nice life. You haven't sold your soul <laughs> for anything. Like, you know, I work hard. 
you know, I have, I have several businesses, you know, I have a family, you know, I like to have fun, I do some things, travel, but, you know, I haven't sold my soul, I haven't given my soul for the things I do, I mean, that doesn't mean I can't work hard, but he's saying, like, whoa, hold up, he's like, nah, you, you gotta sell your soul for this, and I, I mean, think, I mean, really, just think about that, guys, think about what the Bible says, you know, about being so evil, about the or I'll say about the entertainment industry being so evil, um, you know, and what what it says about being a celebrity and being rich and famous, and how that's evil and that's not <clears throat> that's not of God, you know. And then you and then you subsequently hear people talking about how you know how they sold their souls. You see this symbolism. You see you know all types of things. I mean, it's, it's all over. You definitely can. You see it everywhere. And so that should tell you right there, like, there's some truth in what he's saying to you. You know, he's, a, he's listen, guys, I don't know if you guys know, but Birdman is in the top five of the richest in all of hip-hop. I mean, I think it's at this point, Dr. Dre, Diddy, Jay-Z, Birdman, and I think Drake was up there. You know what I mean? That's like the top five. And, uh, I mean, you feel, so, I mean, yeah, baby's got, you know, Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Drake, you know, Cash Money, Young Money, like that whole thing. Man, it's a lot of money. So you ask yourself, like, what really has to be done to achieve that level, you know, of of financial success? Well, I mean, he told you right there. He said, I sold my soul to this, you know. And it's weird because people, they'll hear that, they'll see that, they'll see the financial gain, they'll hear people actually talk about selling their soul, they'll see the satanic and demonic symbolism, but very few people are able to actually put it all together and make sense of it and be like, whoa, the Bible is actually correct. What do you mean by the Bible, Dadon? Well, let me just read y'all something real quick. Uh, Over in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6 through 10, it says, now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world and cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. So basically, the first part of that is basically saying, like, look, it's it's great gain in, God, in godliness with contentment. It's okay to just love God and live your life. He, he's saying it's okay, like you don't have to be rich He's saying you don't have to be a celebrity It's okay to just be a good person And to have fun It says there's great gain Meaning you can be happy, you can live a great life Just loving God And being content with that Meaning he will provide for everything else you need Says you brought nothing into the world So it's cool not to really have anything Of, of great wealth To take out of it It's saying it's okay it says all you really need is food and clothing, and with these we'll be content. He's saying, but, so that's, that's the good people. Those are the people that are going to make it into heaven. And it says, but, there's always a but. It says, but those who desire to be rich, they will fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. It says, for the love of money, 
is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Right, this this may be my new favorite scripture. I mean, c- come on, because this is crazy, right? This really, you know, this really epitomizes and sums up the the whole entertainment industry right here. This is it right here. It doesn't say money is the root. A lot of people misquote this. Money is not the problem. Okay, money is not the issue. The issue is the love of money. The love. Of, it says for many people who desire to be rich, they, they they seek. I know what it's like. I had that same. I was talking about at the beginning of the show. I had that same desire, and it led me into many different temptations. You know what I'm saying? Into a snare. And it causes you to do stupid things. It says senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So if that's what it's speaking about just from a general perspective, just imagine what some of these celebrities are going through. You know, I mean, really just look at their lives. Look at their issues. Look at the drugs, the, the depression, the suicides. It says, because and look, and look at people like Beyonce and look at different people who started out in the church, they started out singing the word of God. It says, but they wandered away from the faith, and they pierced themselves. Didn't say people, someone pierced them. It says they pierced themselves with many pangs. It means the destruction and the pain that they're now feeling, they brought it on themselves. Yo, man, I mean, this, this is crazy stuff right here, you know. And so, I, and I, it's amazing that. I came across that scripture today um, when, you know, when so many people are so excited the day after the MTV Music Awards. You know, you see people selling their souls, performing satanic rituals. Just look at the Britney Spears performance. I mean, she's throwing up known and blatant satanic symbols, you know, symbols and you know, all types of stuff. I mean, the whole thing is one big satanic symbol uh, celebration. And again, you can listen to any of my past MTV, just type in MTV Daydon, and you'll hear, you'll see a whole bunch of different three-hour specials pop up, breaking down, you know, the the awards ceremony in, you know, over the past years, and look out for the my most recent one coming up. But you know, that's that's how they do. In fact, um, since I probably won't be live tomorrow, I'll rebroadcast not last year's special, but the year before last, which is my favorite, the decoding Illuminati symbolism. You guys can check that one out. Remember, there won't be a live, sh- uh, a live or archive show tonight, since I'm live right now for Ask Day Down Advice Lunch Hour. So, but yeah, man, it's, it's really crazy out here. You know, a lot of, a lot of evil. And again, if you guys want to reflect on that scripture, uh, you know, it's First uh, Timothy six six through ten. So, you know, check that out. But, yeah, I mean, it, you know, a lot of people don't reflect on stuff like that. They don't really, a lot of people aren't even familiar with that. They're like, oh, snap. I didn't know it said that. I thought it was cool to want to be rich. I thought it was cool to live vicariously through Beyonce and, you know, all these others. So I thought that, wow, that's why I watch reality TV. I, I want to live that life. Nah, it's actually not a good idea. You know, what else? What else is going on out here? More entertainment news. You know, Ray J is now married, evidently, to Princess Love. Love and Hip Hop Hollywood is back. 
You know, for those of you who care about that, I mean, you know, as you know me, I've done a lot of specials on on the Love and Hip Hop franchise, uh, not to glorify it, not to gossip about it, but to, you know, look at very real situations. Now, that's not to say that those situations themselves are real, but the situ, you know, the the stories are real. The the I'll say no, the situations are real, realistic. That's a better way of putting it. They're realistic. They may not they may not be real, and they're and they may be very fake and sometimes very scripted, but um, they're very real situations, you know. And what I like to do is look at certain situations that people can relate to, and use those as examples of what not to do if you want love, if you want you know to have a relationship with God or you know things like that. You know what? Uh, so you know, so Ray J. The one thing I did want to talk about uh, regarding Ray J. as well as uh, Kevin Hart. You know, Kevin Hart recently was was married. I think he's on his honeymoon now, or was last week uh, with his wife. You know, and, and people were talking. About, oh my gosh! You know, neither one of them got a prenup, and you know, what if something happens? And I, I you know, a few several years ago, I did a whole show, a uh, whole show on um, on prenuptial agreements. And, and it really goes to show you, because, you know, I hear a lot of people really passionate. They act like it's their money. I'm like, yo, chill. Like, and that just goes to show you where we are as a community. It goes to show you what's so important to us. It goes to show you why so many people vote how they vote. They vote based on their wallets. You know, they vote based on, you know, on on what a certain candidate they think can do for them financially. And, and and when we look at situations like this, people are thinking, wow, I wouldn't want to be in that situation. And then when we get divorced, that person take all my money or take half my money. They're not thinking, wow, you know what? I love this person. And because I love them, I'm going to you know marry them and we're going to be together forever. They're not thinking that. They're thinking, you know, wow, I need to protect myself because I what I see around me is so negative. You know, I need to protect myself because, you know, my faith in God isn't strong enough to say that this will actually be forever. It most likely will be temporary. So because it's temporary, let me at least put in place something that will protect my, my assets. You know, and, and I look at it like, I mean, I, now, coincidentally and ironically, I wouldn't be surprised if Ray J and Princess, you know, divorced. I really wouldn't be surprised if uh, Kevin Hart and his wife uh, end up divorced. I'm not wishing that on Bob. I wouldn't be surprised. So in their case, maybe a prenup is, is you know is best. But generally speaking, you know, when you have a relationship with God, you know, when you are praying for something, you are asking God to bless something. It's it's counterproductive. It's hypocritical, you know, to say God bless this forever. God, you know, protect this marriage. But if you don't, I'm going to put this, you know, this contract in place to protect me financially. I mean, that that's what you might as well not even pray. You might as well just go down to the courthouse. Don't even go to a church. Don't take vows. Don't, you know, don't jump to whatever, you know, lighting the candle, tying a freaking ball of yarn or whatever it is people do. You know what I mean? Don't do none of that. You know what I mean? Don't leave God out of it because you can't pray without faith 
And if you do, it's a waste of time. And so that's, you know, so it's like if you know you want something, why would you prepare for it not to last? You know, it's just that's that's stupid. Did you guys know that the divorce rate is almost 10% higher when prenups are in place? Yeah, I mean it's like you're you're planning. You might as well not even get married if you if you say like, I could even see people saying, "Hey, look, I love you. You love me. I've got this money. Whatever. I don't care about that. But hey, if we break up for whatever reason, just don't be a psycho. You know, I know I know you're not crazy, and you're, I know you're fair. And so if something ever did happen, whatever, we would just, you know, we divvy up whatever. I could maybe may, I wouldn't even do that. But even if you that's just like a logical conversation to have. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you're not crazy. You're not a gold digger or whatever. But you're basically saying, hey, I don't even trust you enough to be able to, for us to go our separate ways and you to do the right thing. I don't trust you. I think, I actually believe you would try to take from me things that you're not entitled to or didn't work for or whatever you know so because of that i have to put this piece of paper in place to make sure you're not crazy to make sure you're not going to try to steal from me or take what's not yours that's i I personally would not ever marry someone who i felt that way towards you know and so or or who felt that way towards me and so i think that we just have to get over that type of stuff you know, you have to either you trust the person or you don't. Either you trust God or you don't. You know, but you can't have both. You can't have a prenup and trust God. And what I'm seeing more and more of in today's society, and I touched on this in uh, on our my, my last special on uh, why am I single, talking about why women have issues finding love in today's society. You know, a lot of times, you know, many women are growing up. You know, within a single parent home. So as a result, there is, in many cases, poverty. You know, there is a struggle. So as you get older and you, you know, you you make something out of yourself and you become, you put yourself in a good position financially. You say, well, hold on, I don't, I work hard for this. You know, so I don't, I don't, I didn't have a father there. So I don't. If you leave, I don't want to be in a situation where I have nothing. You know, so it's that type of thing. You know what I mean? And, and so you want to you, you go into protect mode, but that mentality, I call it the independent woman mentality. It it has a way of preventing love. And I mean, when I say love, I mean true love. All right, it's deep, man. A lot of women struggle with that with with that uh, mentality. And again, it's not it's not their fault per se. In fact, it's it's the fault of the men. It's the, uh, the fault of the fathers, you know, not being there, not doing what they're supposed to do, you know, and not protecting the young women, you know, not, you know, ma- doing a good enough job of, of making them believe that a man can provide for them, you know. He will protect them and not hurt them. The father, it's, you guys, a lot of people don't understand. It's the father's job to instill that belief in these young girls, because the father won't always be there. So it's his job to say, "Hey, look, I won't be here, but this is the type of man who you should be with and who will treat you, the you know, just as good as I've ever treated you." That's what I'm trying to do with my my daughter. You know, I try to give her a positive example. 
You know, so she won't deal with some of these freaking niggas out here with the choppers in the car in the trunk. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's what it, how it goes, right? You you don't see women dealing with those types of men nine times out of ten when they grow up with a great father. Why would they? There's no reason to, because you already have you have a good image of a father. So why would you deal with a thug? Why would you deal with a loser? And so we just got to get get to a place of, you know, fathers being fathers and doing what they're supposed to do. You know, so that's how that goes. Um, one of the things I wanted to do, uh, I mean, that's the entertainment news. Um, you know, some other stuff. I mean, you know, Tammy and Waka Flocka got back together. I don't, I haven't researched her history, but I'm pretty sure Tammy grew up without a father. You know, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and and say that um, because you know when you end up with Waka Flocka, you know, and you know he's cheated on you, you know he's he's you know just not treating you in a manner that you you know, deserve and want to be treated and, and you willing you separate, you walk away and then you take him back. I mean it's just like, okay, what what kind of image did you see growing up? You know, but I you know, I pray for her, I pray for him, I you know, I wish them the best or, you know, whatever, whatever's supposed to happen. But, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I don't think that anyone wants to end up with a Waka Flocka. You know, I don't think Waka Flocka Flame is <laughs> is the man that any woman has prayed for. I could be wrong, you know what I mean? But if, if Waka Flocka is who you want, hey, more power to you. <clears throat> um, what's up with Odell Beckham Jr.? You know, a lot of, lot of, you know, I mean, here's the thing. I don't, I don't really care about him, but a lot of people are talking about it. It's news. You know, there was a recent video of him popping up in a hot tub, a jacuzzi of some sort with several men. Now, I don't know... Like I said, uh, somebody I've seen people say, well, maybe those were his teammates. Um, you know, I've seen a, a number of different scenar- possible scenarios and explanations for that. Listen, I'm, and you know, I, again, I've seen him in different situations. I've seen uh, the 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 video of him in the club twerking and the the guy grinding on him, you know, and now the hot tub where he's singing sexual healing in the in a room full of a hot tub full of men. Guys, we have to stop the foolishness. You know what I mean, we really got to stop the foolishness. And you know, I mean at some at some point, you know, and we, this is the society that we live in. I mean, at some point, you have to be able to look at something and say, "Wow. If it walks like a duck, it is probably a duck." You know? I mean, come on. That's not to say that we have to judge them. That's not to say we have to condemn that person to hell. I mean, but at the same time, let's 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 be intelligent. You know, I mean, let's not just go out of our way to act like something isn't what it obviously is just for the sake of being politically correct. I mean, like, come on. I mean, somebody's gay, they're gay. You know, you can't back in the day, I mean, you did something that was questionable. You know, okay, okay, cool. That dude is gay. All right, whatever. Now I hear people getting mad like he's not gay. How do you know he's gay? Da, 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 da. He's just not gay just because just because in a hot tub with a, with with men, you know, uh, grinding up on his ass and singing sexual healing. No, he's not gay. Come on, listen, guys. I'm a straight man. I'm a, a heterosexual man. There would be no certain, no possible situation where you would ever see me in a jacuzzi, a hot tub with with multiple men. And, and there's no women involved. You know what I mean? Like, this, that's just me. I'm just being honest with you. Like, they were, I didn't see a woman in sight. 
Now, okay, fine. Maybe you're having a pool party. Maybe you're having a, you know, party or some type of situation where there's women. And I mean, you know, I don't know. That's what athletes do. That's what people, men do. But I, there was no women around. You got a bunch of dudes. You got he's singing sexual healing. Dude is under the water. Come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like stop. You know what I mean? I know we have a black president. I know he says it's okay this whole gay thing, but come on, stop. You know what I mean? We got to just stop. What else is going on out here? Actually, you know what I want to do is there was a there was a couple. Um, there's a lot going on, man. I have a lot to talk about. You know, because we still got to do the. Uh, there's a couple ask state on advice questions that I wanted to do, that everyone was talking about over in the friends group, but then there was some some uh, a, a few questions of the day that some people um, you know found very uh, provocative. One of them was one of them was a natural hair challenge, which I which you know I discussed earlier. Shout out to all the beautiful women on that on that thread who are not afraid to post pictures of their their hair in its natural state. Some really beautiful women, beautiful hairstyles. Take that weave out, ladies. You know, this, I mean, come on. And I mean, not not nothing, no disrespect to anybody, but you know, make this the year. You just say, you know what, I'm gonna rock my own hair because that's. If you don't believe it by now, you need to understand that's what these men are looking for. They want real hair. They want real beauty. It's, it's a new day. All right? What else is going on? Uh, but, yeah, there was this question of uh, sex on the first date. You know, there was a question of sex on the first date. And, and, you know, and the question specifically was if you were in a situation after a first date or during a first date and – you know, you 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 found yourself getting a little hot and heavy with a man. You know, would you stop? Would you make him stop? Tell him to stop? Would you continue? You know, and 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 what would happen next as a result? You know, and that was a very interesting thread. It was a very telling thread. And, you know, and, and this, it's not judging anyone on the thread because I appreciate people's honesty, um, but. What was interesting is that I saw a lot of women saying that a lot. Most of them were saying that they would stop, and they would say, well, "No, I would, I would chill," uh, which was cool. I mean, I would think, I would like to hope that's what, what you know, a lot of people would do. Uh, but what was interesting was that a lot of women, several women, were saying that they would tell him to stop, and they would kick him out, and they would never speak to him again, and that would be the first and last date. And I was just like, "Whoa." Like they were making it seem like he like the man was the the issue, like he was the the culprit. And I'm like, well, hold on, ladies, the the the, the meme didn't didn't indicate that that was some type of rape or you know it seemed like she she was pretty you know uh, into it, like she was enjoying herself. And my whole thing is, come on, let's keep it real. It takes two to tango, and so I don't think a man should be you know demonized if you know for Doing something that obviously the woman is enjoying, you know, and vice versa. You know, now that's not to say that one woman say, well, my future husband wouldn't want to do those things. I'm like, well, what the heck does that mean for you then? And I think one of the things that, you know, I don't know what people think. I don't know if it's, you know, just inexperience with actually with dealing with actual Christian men. And having an abundance of experiences with non-Christian men, men in the world, men specifically seeking sex. But I think what women, and one woman even said, I don't know where where she was coming from, but she said, 
all men want sex and all men are going to target a woman for sex. I'm like, wow. I, I told her, I said, hey, you you actually couldn't be more wrong. And I think one of the things that women have to understand is that, they're, first of all, they're different types of men. You know what I mean? They're, all men are not the same. They're, you got Christian men. You got you know non-Christian men. You have men early in their Christian walk. Then you have men who are you know active in, in you know actively living their life for Jesus Christ. Um, then you have men in different stages of life. You know, you hear me talk a lot about the dog stage, the player stage, and then the ultimate uh, ready to settle down stage. And so, you know, you can't just lump all men together because it all depends on what stage a man is in, which is going to determine what, you know, how he's going to treat you. Now, aside from all that, you have to factor in, you know, when talking about this stuff, how that man is viewing that particular woman. You, you understand that? Because what you, one of the things you got to understand is if a man is viewing a woman specifically for sex, like I can meet a woman today. Let's say I'm a single man out here. You know, I'm just having fun. I go out here, I meet a woman, she's got her boobs out, she's got the ass out. You know, she's not really my type physically to the point where I want to wife her up. I mean, just, there's no, nothing about her makes me even want to, you know, pursue something serious with her. So, but there is a, a sexual attraction. So let's just say I, tar, you know, I, I'm like, oh man, I sure wouldn't mind having her sexually. So I bring her back to the crib. I'm not trying to talk a lot. I'm not trying to learn about her deepest, innermost thoughts. I'm trying to smash. Just like a lot of these men out here, they're just trying to smash. So that's how that particular man was viewing that particular woman. Now, that particular man might meet someone the following week and be 100% interested in her and getting to know her, Right? I mean, that's happened to me before. I mean, every woman is not going to be your future wife. And depending on how strong that relationship with God is, that's going to determine what, how that man treats that woman. But if that relationship with God isn't 100% strong, the only thing to do is sex with that woman. That doesn't mean that all men... See, the problem is a lot of women are only used to meeting men who want to smash. That's where that emotional unavailability comes in. There's so many emotionally unavailable women out here who think they're God's gift to, to man and are just waiting to be found by a husband, and that's not going to happen because they have they don't understand their flaws. They don't understand what's holding them back. They don't understand the vibe that's being projected. And what's happening is, you know, you until you remove a particular sexual vibe from yourself, nah, it's you know, you're you're going to continue only attracting the same type of man over and over and over again, you know? And so um, now in that, in the situation, in that meme, you know, if that happened, you guys have to understand, I don't care if it's your future husband. I don't care if he's on fire for Christ. Guess what? He's still got something in between his legs. And I don't care how saved and sanctified you are. You know, and I think a lot of women got to get it twisted. There's going to be a sexual attraction, or I should, excuse me, there's going to be some form of physical attraction between a man and a, a, a man and a woman who are going to ultimately become husband and wife. There's going to be a physical attraction there, and let's be honest, there may at some point most likely will be a sexual attraction. We're all grown here, so for for a woman to look at a man or expect a man to not ever have sexual thoughts 
you know, whether he's a Christian man or not, is is very naive, and vice versa. You know what I mean? It's going. The key is the key is being able to pray together, is being able to pray separately, and is being able to on both sides practice restraint. Because let's keep it real. I mean, you know, it's not everyone isn't always having Bible study. Everyone isn't every date isn't a, a, a prayer conversation or a conversation about Job. You know, sometimes there there is some a hug or some tickling or you know kissing a little you know whatever. It doesn't mean that that person's a heathen. It doesn't mean that person can't be your future husband. It just means like whoa whoa we we might need to chill here. We might need to remove ourselves from this situation. We might need to pray. You know, everyone has sexual desires. So, I mean, it's amazing to see so many women women willing to just throw out these men just because things got a little hot and heavy. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy out here, man. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting com- uh, comments on that particular thread. This is one uh I'm I'm gonna do this I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to come back live a little bit later this week. And um, cause there were some other topics I wanted to get into. There were some other ask state on advice questions I wanted to get into. But I, did, you know, before I go today, um, I, I want to, I want to go over. I want to read this one question because this one, this one's a little crazy. This was about the man uh, paying for sex, paying for, uh, paying for head, you know. And uh, <laughs> this, this is a little crazy. A lot of women were, um, you know, reading him the riot act. You know about this one, but I'll read it. I got this question a little while ago, and um, but I wanted to share it with the group. And you know, you, thank you for everyone who contributed, you know, uh, thoughts and feedback to this this anonymous, you know, uh, reader. You know, I, I go, I don't really like him, so I'm just gonna let y'all know his name is Al Smith. Just look up Al Smith on Facebook, and you'll see his. Uh, no, nah, I'm just playing with y'all. That's not. It's not Al Smith. It's actually a fake profile. I mean, I mean, excuse me, an anonymous uh, question. <laughs> Everybody's looking up Al Smith right now. Um, now it says, uh, Daydon, I don't, I don't mind sharing my story, but please don't mention my name. I'm a 32-year-old man, and I've been married to my wife for three years now. Man, my wife is so wonderful. I mean, she's beautiful, sexy, loving, supportive, and nurturing. I could go on and on, uh, and but I and I truly do love my wife, and I do everything I can to show her how much I love her. My wife works, but that's only because she wants to. Not only, not once has she had to pay a bill. If she wanted to be a housewife, I wouldn't have a problem with it. She chooses to work though, and every cent she makes, she can spend it however she pleases. Plus, she still has access to my bank account. I say all that to let you know that my wife is taken care of financially. I compliment her and make sure that she has a smile on her face all the time. She tells me all the time how happy she is and how blessed she is uh, to have me. I love hearing that. I love hearing that, and I hate hearing it at the same time. I love it because I, like every man who loves his woman, wants to see her happy. I hate it because of what I do. My wife and I have great sex on a regular basis, but she was really but she was raised in some prehistoric like times. 
I mean, it really took me almost a year before I could even get her to move from a missionary position. I love a good doggy style, so that was rough. After a year, I finally got her to open up to different sexual positions, and we've been good on that ever since. So our sex is great, except for one thing. And that one thing is a problem. Daydon, we've met, we've been married for three years. I have known her for five years. In five years, my wife has only performed oral sex on me twice. Once before we were married, and once on our honeymoon. She told me from the moment that I met her that she doesn't do that, and she thinks it's a sin, even in a marriage. What kind of stuff is that? He doesn't say stuff, but I'll say stuff. What kind of stuff is that? No matter how I try to tell her otherwise, she won't budge. Here lies the reason why I hate hearing her say that she's so blessed to have me. For the past two years, I've been stopping by strip clubs once a week and paying $100 to receive oral sex until I climax. $5,200 a year to go to various strip clubs to perform oral sex with me. I know this doesn't make it any better, but I don't have sex with them. I don't even touch them. I just receive oral sex. I know I'm so wrong and I feel so ashamed that each time, I feel so ashamed each time after it's done. But even after it's done, I know there will be a next time. I can't be fully satisfied without oral sex. Years before I even started having sex, I was receiving oral sex from uh, young women. I love everything about oral sex. It's just not the, the feel. I mean, it feels great, but I actually enjoy watching a woman pleasuring me in such a seductive way. I want that woman to be my wife, but she won't do it. Like I, like I said, I know I'm wrong, and most women won't be feeling this. Uh, what others say and think won't make me feel any worse than I already do. I honestly don't care about what anyone else thinks but my wife. What I want to know from you all is do you feel my pain? Can you understand where I'm coming from? Can you sympathize with me? What would you do if you were in my situation? Uh, thank you. I'll be listening. Now, a friend of mine, he asked me, um, you know, what what would my, you know, what, what was my advice uh, to this to this brother? And um, you know, a lot of people, have, you know, just asked me, you know, what do you, what do you think about that? And, and I'm, I'm actually going to scroll through, if you guys bear with me, because I want to, I actually want to try to scroll through to the um, to the actual question. Where the heck is it? Oh, you know, it's, it's live radio, but you know, we'll, you guys can bear with me. But you know, while I look for it, I'll, you know, I mean, my my thoughts are are this. You know, it's wrong. I mean, there's no, there is, and you guys, you guys have heard me talk about cheating. I mean, how many shows have you heard over the years of me discussing cheating and, you know, why men cheat, why women cheat? Really good show on why women cheat um, a few years ago. Um, you know, so the, and I always say at the beginning of every single show where I talk about that is that there's there's never any uh, justification uh, or or rationalization for why men cheat or why anyone cheats. There's, there's no justification. There is no rationalization. Uh, but, however, there are reasons. 
And every time I, I, you know, get one of these actual real-life situations, I like to discuss what those reasons are. Not justifications, but reasons. And I think this in particular is uh, why many women find themselves getting cheated on because they, they, they close their minds off to um, the the reasons. You know, instead of trying to figure out, hey, look, you know what, how can I not have this happen to me or, you know, I, I just focus on how or, or self-reflecting on why it happened to me, maybe from a past situation. It's not nah, it's just the anger. It's just the, the 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 madness, you know, the embarrassment, you know, the bitterness that remains, you know, and that's not you shouldn't always do that. I mean, there's going to be those emotions. But at the end of the day, you always have to reflect on, OK, you know, was there any maybe sometimes there's not maybe there's nothing you could have did. You know, but may, other times maybe there are certain things that could be done differently uh, to have a better result or a different result. And so, you know, here's this guy. Let's just look at it. You know, this is a 32-year-old man. And, you know, if you guys listen to me, it, it, you know, when I talk about the the stages uh, that men go through, this is typically when men approach that ready-to-settle-down stage. And from what I, you know, if you listen to what I speak about regarding that, sounds like this is right along those lines. It doesn't sound like this is someone who is, you know, in in a player stage or or a dog stage. You know, it, it sounds like it's someone who is in a situation where he wants to be with his wife and only his wife, you know, but at the same time he wants to have certain things done. And because those things are not being done, He's going outside of that. Now, obviously, that's not right, but that's just his reasoning. That reasoning is obviously flawed and, you know, ridiculous and everything else you want to associate with it. But those are his reasons, you know, nonetheless. And so I want people to understand that, you know, this is not, guys, um, a a perfect world. This is not, you know, the type of situation in life where you, you always get what you want or things go how they, quote, unquote, should go. You know, and the reality is, I'll say that it's very important for both men and women to make every effort possible to understand and identify, you know, what their spouse, because we're talking about sex, we've got to be talking about a spouse, you know, your husband or your wife wants and needs within the context of that marriage. You know, and we live in a society where, unfortunately, that's not being done on both ends. There are a lot of wives out here whose needs are not being met, okay? You know, emotionally, financially, sexually, whatever, you know, and vice versa. You know, there's a lot of men who are not being satisfied mentally, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, you know, and, and you know, it would be nice to think that people could just be perfect individuals and and survive and just live and be married indefinitely with very, very, very important needs never being met. It would be great. That's a great idea. It would be really great to think that that could happen with no ramifications, no, you know, down, no pitfalls, no slip-ups, no nothing. But unfortunately... In today's just period, it's that's not often how it works. A lot of times mistakes happen, or I don't even call them mistakes. People just do things that they shouldn't do, and so you can we can sit here and talk about all day for another hour 
you know, what should happen when your needs are not being met, how you should react and everything that should, you know, happen in a perfect world. Or importance of both men and women, husbands and wives, making an extra effort to actually please their mate. You know, to, first of all, to understand what it is that they need to be pleased. You know, I feel like, you know, and I do marriage counseling. I do relationship counseling, you know, couples counseling. And one of the big, the, it's amazing. I've done a lot of couples counseling over the years. And you'd be surprised that the, the issues are actually usually not the problem. They usually they come in fighting, ready to break up, ready to, ready to get divorced over really tr- what, what they will even tell you are trivial things. But the, pro- the real problem is their lack of communication about those issues. You know? And so what I do is I try to open up the, the lines of communication so that they can communicate effectively not through arguments, but actually effectively communicating, you know, about these issues that are trivial but end up being monumental issues. This is this is what I would consider to be trivial. You know, just like, you know, she just wanted to do the missionary at first through through, you know, I'm sure he was gentle and, you know, asked her and encouraged her to do things maybe a little bit differently and eventually, you know, he like he said, that's not an issue anymore. Well who knows? Maybe there's some type of compromise that could that could happen as a result of you know him wanting to take that relation that sexual relationship to another level maybe she you know maybe could do this or maybe do that or you know I mean, I, that's for them to figure out but i don't know but i don't i do not think that it's a good idea for a woman to just be 100% closed minded to something that's not like you know uh you know anything degrading or disrespectful? I mean, you know what I mean. I th- I would hope that a woman, a wife, in particular, would be willing to do make some type of compromise, um, especially about something that's so 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 important and 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 to that man. I mean, because after all, that's what marriage is about. You know, marriage is about sacrifice. Marriage is about compromise. And if you are against sacrifice or compromise in a marriage, you're not going to be married for very long. You know, and um. Now, so I would like to think that she would at some point be willing to compromise on some level um, to the point where he could at least be, from his perspective, satisfied. Now, aside, now for as far as he, him going to the clubs and, you know, paying for sex, I mean, that's just, like I said earlier, that's just horrible. I mean, no matter what she does or doesn't do, none of that justifies him, um, you know, uh, you know, basically being an adulterer, you know, lusting after other women. So I think that he has to um, really pray about that and ask himself, hey, look, you know, if he even has a relationship with God, I didn't really hear too much about his relationship with God, but at the end of the day, he needs to make a decision like, come on, do I want to continue cheating or is, do I, is this a major issue enough for me that it, I could I need to walk away from the marriage? And I think at some point we all have to make that decision in, in any relationship because no matter what relationship you're going to be in, you're going to come to a point where you've got to make a decision. You know, am I ready to leave? You know, and, and what I've found is that, I mean, you all, you, we all have to do it. We've all ha- we all have to do it. We've all had to do it. No one is in a relationship where at some point you didn't have to make a decision of am I going to stay or am I going to go? 
you know, and so he needs to really make that decision. But all this back and forth and the cheating, that's just um you know, it's not it's not okay. Um and and it's only going to blow up eventually in a major way. Let's uh let's what I wanna do is let's go ahead and I wanna read some of these some of you guys' you know, responses because this is some some good advice here. Uh Jam Smith says, uh deli- first she says first deliverance needs to take place. Uh, counseling definitely needs to happen, and accountability with another man that he can trust, and hopefully someone who will not laugh at any aspect of this, who believes in the power of healing and deliverance. And then two, he has to be aware that his wife will find out, so steps for help need to be taken soon. That's, I, I think that's excellent advice right there. Ray Ray says no words. Um Let's see, let's see, Uh, Glenn, shout out to Glenn, he says, do I feel his pain? No. He knew she couldn't meet his sexual needs before he married her. This marriage is destined to fail. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I mean, it's this type of, the way it is now, you know, what we all read, I mean, this is, you can't go, that's what I'm saying, you can't, he has to make that decision, either he's going to stop cheating, you know, or he's going to walk away, because one way or another, you know, the marriage is over. Uh, let's see what else here. So uh, Shanique says, "Wow, that's a tough one." Yes, he's cheating, but his wife has to open up to doing that. I mean, you know, I uh, I mean, I I can't say she has to do anything. I mean, you don't have to do anything in a in a relationship. You know what I mean? Like you don't your husband or wife can't force you to do something that you're not comfortable doing. But that's what I'm saying. You know, they need to have a conversation about that. And as a result, he needs to say, all right, I'll stay or, you know, or I'll leave, you know. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Steph says there'd be a lot more comments if this was the other way around. Now, I agree. I don't know if there'd be more comments. I think the comments would be different, especially from the men. She'd be the biggest hoe and whore and, you know, I agree. Um, let me see. Terrence says, "Sir, you must stop it. Please, for your own health, the health of your wife, your marriage, and most importantly, I don't. Although I don't know if you're a follower of the Most High, for your own soul salvation, you and your wife need to come to some type of understanding. Uh, if you are to save what you have, uh, Bella, Bella X Love says, I'm uh, feeling your pain, sir. No." Do I understand what you're saying? Yes. Song of Solomon, in my opinion, talks about oral sex in 4.16. He was very touchy, feely, caressing man, and a man with a way with words. To date, I have not read that having oral sex with your spouse is this type of sexual intercourse. I believe that a man and woman should be able to express and enjoy each each other totally. Totally, so long as it is not against what's written in God's words. Me having anal sex is most definitely out of the question. I definitely think of the man who tried to rape the two angels in Sodom. No way, Jose. Be encouraged. Pray and stop cheating on your wife. I am almost certain you would not like it if she did the very same thing that you were doing. Don't risk losing the apple of your eye for some head. Just be real. We are all adults up in here praying for you. Um, you know, let's shout out shout out to Tamika. She says this man doesn't this man needs deliverance. 
from his lust demon and continued and he needs continued counseling. This man doesn't know Jesus and idolizes oral sex. Anyone who will sin to fulfill a soulful soulful desire has an addiction and a demon behind it. He needs to have a true relationship with Jesus and care about pleasing God by caring for his wife's mental health and loving her. She probably has discernment and knows not to give into oral sex with him because he uses it in a perverted demonic way rather than loving one rather than a, a loving one. There are sexual demons who get off on watching oral sex and if used in a perverted way opens doors to them. He's looking for support but needs to be looking for Jesus instead and a good divorce lawyer because he doesn't deserve the gift of a wife right now. You know, I mean, I, let me go ahead and give that the thumb up because, um, I mean, I agree with every Everything has been pretty much on point. You know, I, I just think that a lot of people have been focused on, you know, what should happen um, and as opposed to, you know, what is happening, you know, and why it's happening. You know, and I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day you know, a lot of this stuff, in fact, if you guys remember when I did my special on, you know, why men cheat or, or no, how to avoid being cheated on, one of the first things that I talked about was the selection process to begin with. A lot of times people worry about getting cheated on after it's already too late, after you've already chosen a mate based on the wrong foundation. You know, a lot of people get into relationships and ultimately marriages really based off loneliness. They see red flags. They see certain things, you know, sexual preferences and sexual desires. They say, oh, no, I'll get used to that, or that'll, that's just temporary, and I'll just go ahead and marry him, or I'll marry her, and then she'll become a freak. No, that's, you really got to look at people for who they are as opposed to looking at them and trying to change them because, you know, more often than not, people are who they are. You know, and they're going to be who they are. You're not going to change a 32-year-old man, a, you know, a 30-something-year-old woman. I mean, this is, you know, who they are. Um, and so, you know, I just hope everyone, you know, I, ho I wish them the best. You know, I think that, um, I think I, I think on some level, no, one, a lot, no one's really folk talked about this, but I think on some level, she already knows what's going on. I think that, um but a lot of times women, when they are being cheated on, they, they know, but they, they deem uh, insecurity, fear of being alone. Those things cause them to remain in the relationship, you know, where, you know, a man paying for oral sex is not something that should be uh, ignored or taken lightly. I mean, that's, you know, that's grounds for divorce and, you know, things like that. Um so, you know, I mean, like I said, so that's really all I have to say about it. I mean, I thank everyone for for their feedback on that one. I mean, it was a good thread. And, uh, you know, over the next few weeks, I'll be posting a lot. I got, I mean, tons. I mean, really, over the years, I've accumulated thousands of, of, of Ask Data on Advice questions, many of which you've uh, heard on the show, some of which have been posted online. And so what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll just keep posting them, and uh, you guys can let me know what you think. And, some of these, you know, I'll revisit here on the show for the newer listeners. And, um, you know, some we'll just discuss in the, uh, over in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group. So, guys, I'm going to get ready to wrap it up today. And, uh, like I said, this is, this is, this, this is the season premiere, uh, season 11 premiere, guys, our 11th season here, um, on, on the Data on Tolbert Show. I think back, 
You know, when I was uh, one one night a week, Thursday nights at nine. Who who remembers that? You know, but you know, for because of you guys' support, um, and, you know, and just spreading the word about the show. You know, you know, we got people listening all over the world, all over the country, and so I just want to thank you guys for sticking around. You know, I've seen a lot of talk radio people, television people, different things come and go. But, um, you know, I thank God for longevity and uh, favor. And uh, I'm going to continue doing this show, you know, as often as I do it. You know, whether it's one day a week, two days a week, you know. and uh, But definitely you can enjoy the archives seven nights a week, 365 days a year. And, you know, follow me on Twitter at Dadon Tolbert, Instagram, you know, Facebook, uh, just to kind of you know keep up to you know let you know follow me when so you know when I'm live and when you can expect new content and um, last but not least man you know if you guys are, are, are maybe you have been following me for ten years and like wow you know maybe I should call that eight five five fifty five data maybe I should email them or inbox them you know about you know, some private counseling sessions you know definitely you know the time is now you know we're we're approaching the end of 2016 it flew by so you know if you don't want to if you're not looking forward to going into 2017 or really I should say 2018 alone and you want to take the next year to really identify any issues that may be going on maybe from childhood maybe from past relationships definitely call me call call the number email me reach out and um you know because maybe you, you don't want to be single for the next few years you know, so that's that's it, man. So I thank everyone for listening in. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna try to come back live um, a little bit later on in the week because um, there's there's definitely a few more Ask Data on Advice questions that I wanted to touch on, and I'm sure in the next few days there'll be a lot more, um, you know, uh, things going on around the world. So thank you all for listening, and I will see you next time. Have a good one. Don't ever let yourself settle for less than you don't have.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.